You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode number three. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Today on the podcast, I'll be answering a question from Lila. She writes, My son is in sixth grade and isn't motivated to do his homework. He does the bare minimum to get by. Every day after school, I suggest, plead, scream, command, depends on my mood, that he get his homework done so he doesn't have to think about it anymore. All he wants to do after school is get on his skateboard. You'd think that would motivate him to get his homework done. When I make him sit at the kitchen table with his books after school, he dawdles, complains, stares into space, or argues with me. If I don't see anything and I just let him ride his skateboard, he'll pull his books out at 10 p.m. at night and fall asleep shortly after. How could I motivate my son to do his homework after school? Now, this is such a great question because I think it's showing us that like this is a really good idea. Like this mom's saying, this is a very smart thing to just get your homework done. Then you can go out, be free, play, ride on your skateboard, and then do what you want to do. It just makes so much logical sense, but it's not working. And very often when I hear the question, how do I motivate my kids? What most moms are saying is, how do I get my kids to do what I want them to do? But motivating kids is about finding their currency. What works to motivate them? And most kids want to get good grades. They might not want to do the work that's involved with it, but they tend to want to do well. So motivating kids is about finding out what works for them, and this sometimes takes trial and error. If the lure of free skateboarding time isn't working, then it's time to try something else, and it sounds like you've given it a good shot. So some other things that tend to work for people are you know, pulling out their favorite snack after school when, when they're studying, that they only get it when they're studying, so it's something to look forward to. No video games during the week or just Really removing the option of screen time during the week seems to be very helpful because some kids will rush through to get done, especially if their friends are playing online and they want to join them. And so if that's just not even available to them, it makes their brains calm down. It makes life a little bit more boring, which gives their brain opportunity to do some more boring tasks like reading and homework and things where when the video games are available, it keeps their brain really jumpy. The most important thing, and the parent education answer for this question, is to make sure you're on the same team as your kid. You want to avoid getting into a power struggle where you think you know the right way and the right thing to do, and he's going to pull and do the opposite, and sometimes they'll do it just because it's our idea. When our kids hit adolescence, it's really helpful if we can switch from being the authority with the answers and kind of like, I know the right way, to more of a coach and a cheerleader role, kind of asking, how can I support the player, right? So if you think of your kid's academic performance, their homework, their schoolwork, their studies, 
is they're kind of the athlete. And we want to take the position of the coach or the cheerleader and saying like, how can I support you in your goals rather than this is my goal and this is what you're going to do uh, as more of a authority figure. And so one of the best ways to do that. I I really learned a lot from Byron Katie. She's a spiritual teacher. She's written a lot of books. And she talks about there are only three kinds of business. There's my business, your business, and God's business. And if you're not a God person, it's just kind of like, this is just how things are, okay? It's like the weather. <laughs> it's just up to the universe. So in this situation with her, the son and doing homework, Your business as a mom is to create a conducive environment for homework. And it sounds like she's really tried to do that, you know, sitting at the kitchen table, pulling out the books, trying to be kind of consistent after school. It's just not working that well. But creating a conducive environment for homework could be, you know, letting your kid go out and ride on the skateboard for a couple hours first and then making sure that, you know, there's no screen time or some other temptation in the house or that it's quiet or maybe putting on some music that is calming to the brain. So another thing that is falls under the category of mom's business is creating consequences for poor academic performance. So if your kid gets a D in math, the consequence to that might be let's hire a tutor. We want to make sure that we're waiting for a natural consequence and not kind of panicking before something bad happens. So you don't have to wait till report cards come out. You can wait till you notice the test scores or something and that they're not doing well. Maybe a natural consequence is, okay, no more screen time during the week, or, you know, you don't get to hang out with your friends unless until you get your grades up, whatever your child's currency is. We want to look at what it will motivate them to bring their grades up and really understanding like why their grades low. Is it really hard for them? Maybe all they need to do is like meet with the teacher after school and then they get a reward for that, right? Like then they get to go meet with their friends or they get to ride their skateboard, whatever it is that that maybe we can make sure we're rewarding the effort and not the result as well. Like if they actually try hard and study, then we can reward the effort. We just want to look out for perfectionism because when kids lose their motivation to do well, it's often because the parents have such high expectations of kind of perfectionistic grades that they know there's no way they're going to meet their parents' expectation. And so they just want to bomb. They just want to do the opposite. And so just be wary of that. Like don't start implementing consequences when they have A's and B's on their report card. If they've got a three-point Oh, even I would say, you know, just you can encourage them to do better if you want and try and, you know, kind of lift them up. But to implement consequences when they're doing just fine and good and uh, can really set them up to purposefully rebel against you. And that's what we want to avoid. So that's all within your business as a mom. Your child's business is what they study, how they learn, when they do their homework, really pretty much everything to do with their schoolwork is their business. You can set the environment and the tone in the home, but they get to decide when, what, how, and all the details of it. Because you can sit at the table with them and put their books in front of them, but you cannot make them read. And then God's business is just whether school is interesting or 
isn't, if they're not really academically oriented. That's just kind of how they were wired. You know, so to argue with it, it's like arguing with reality, arguing with God, whether they like to work hard or they really don't like to work that hard, if it's difficult or easy, if they're detail-oriented or not, if they like to work really fast and get it done, or if they're very slow and meticulous, if they're competitive or collaborative, they like to work in groups, or they want to fight to be the best. Like, that's really none of our business. That's just kind of how they're wired. And our job as a parent, I think that is our business, is we could help them understand how they learn best. Do they learn better when they're studying with a friend or over FaceTime? Or do they learn better while they're bouncing a ball outside and shooting hoops? You know, what's the best way for them to learn is something that we can help them understand about themselves and just accept this is their reality. This is not something that they want to fight against and try to be different than you are. If you're not a detail-oriented person, yes, you can try and encourage them to be more detail-oriented, but you also kind of want to accept that that's just not where their gifts lie and that their gifts lie elsewhere. So anybody who knows or understands children's brains knows that movement helps kids process their learning. That having Lila's son wanting to go outside and ride on his skateboard actually might be helping him integrate the information he's already taken in. At least that's what the scientists say, that kids need movement to integrate their learning. So it just might be a mental shift to think like, oh, he is learning by riding his skateboard. That's exactly what he needs to do. Because one of the things that happens when kids sit in school all day is they get something called attentional fatigue. This is whether your kid has ADD or not, because if your kid has ADD, for sure he's going to get attentional fatigue. But most of us get it. I got it when I was a mom and my kids were little and they're, mommy, mommy, look at me, watch me. It's when your attention is being pulled outside of yourself, we get a thing called attentional fatigue and we cannot take in more information until we have had time to process. And usually the best way for kids to process is through movement. Video games probably are not. You're hearing my bias here around video games. Our job as moms is to recognize that there is no right or wrong way and that as our kids grow, we want them to have a good understanding of who they are and how they best learn. And what works for us might not work for our kids, and that's okay. It's really just a matter of trial and error. So the life coaching answer for this is we want to take a look at what gets in your way when you think about giving up your authority, because a lot of moms really struggle with this. There's a fear of letting go of control. And you say, like, if I just let my kid lead the way and, you know, they decide when they study and how they study, which they're already doing, but it's still the hard part is us letting go of it and thinking that we have control over something that we don't have control over. And so really, it's like we just get set up in this struggle. And it's a fear of letting go of control because our ego's on the line. You know, when your son's in sixth grade, we're still very much enmeshed with our identity and our ability to think of ourselves as a good mom is very tied up with their performance. And when adolescence comes, we really want to make sure that we're separating that out and saying, my kid can get a bad grade and it's not a reflection on me. It doesn't mean I've been a bad mom. I don't get a bad grade as a mom just because my child gets a bad grade in math or something. So it's really time to start separating that out and saying, how can I be a good mom and have a kid with a D in 
reading or whatever. And what would that look like, right? And it's really all these things of setting up a conducive environment, offering, make sure, and making sure he's experiencing natural consequences, making sure you're meeting with that teacher and he's got to sit there and, you know, hear about it, not as a punishment, but just as a consequence to kind of get that wake up call. Making sure that you're telling him that you believe he's capable of more, or if he's really struggling, why? And let's address the core issue and not just, you know, make him feel like he's doing something wrong. So the thought that I have heard from working with moms in this situation, because I've had a few, the thought that often comes up for them is I'm not doing enough as a mom. When your kid isn't doing homework the way you'd like him to, isn't getting in good as grades as you'd like him to, that the thought comes up for us is, I'm not doing enough as a mom, or I need to be doing more. And when we think that thought, we feel kind of anxious and a little panicky. And this is when we might yell or plead or beg or encourage or restrict it. We just want them so badly to just do their homework and get it done so that we can relax. Because we have this thought that I need to do more, I'm not doing enough, rather than letting ourselves relax from the very beginning. And so the result of us doing these actions, pleading, encouraging, restricting, yelling, is that we don't sound like a coach or a cheerleader. We seem really needy. And our kid kind of picks up on our desperation and is very clearly able to see that this is about us and our issue and really isn't about him. And so he just wants to distance himself further, not listen. He doesn't really respect our opinions because he can sense the kind of needy energy that we've got around like, would you please just get your homework done (laughs) so that I can relax? So instead of thinking the thought, I'm not doing enough as a mom, you want to think something like, he's showing me what works for him and what doesn't. When you have that thought that through his behavior, I'm learning what works and what doesn't work for him, or he's showing me, then you get to feel calm. And when you feel calm, you can observe from a neutral place. You can watch, pay attention, and see what works, what doesn't work, what motivates him, what doesn't motivate him. What is he interested in? What's his natural habits and proclivities? What helps him thrive and succeed? But we can't do this when we're thinking, I'm not doing enough. I need to do more. And so when we pay attention to the player, then the result is we can suggest, we can offer encouragement, but it's all about him instead of about being about us. And he senses our calm energy. He can sense that we are really there on his side, wanting him to succeed and encouraging him. And it's not through that needy, desperate kind of energy that like, you need to change so that I can relax. This leads us to the super mom kryptonite of the day, which I call unproductive worry. So when you catch yourself worrying, oh my gosh, he's not doing well, his grades in the toilet, what am I going to do? He just wants to ride a skateboard, he's staying up too late at night. When you catch yourself in that, you want to ask the question, is this productive worry or unproductive worry? Productive worry means that there's an immediate action step to take. Okay, he just got his second D on his test. Is there an immediate action step to take? Maybe it's time I should hire a tutor or 
talk to the teacher about meeting with their after school or whatever it is, some action step. You take that action step and then you let it go and you don't worry about it anymore. If there is no action step to take because maybe your kid has A's and B's and just isn't doing a homework on the time frame you'd like them to do, then maybe there isn't any action step to take. Maybe you could Your action step is, hey, you want to get your homework done? And he says, no, (laughs) I don't. I want to do it later. And then you say, okay. And you just let it go. Because worrying about something that you don't have control over is going to drain your energy. And just letting go, even though it might feel a little bit scary, letting go of the things that you cannot control will free up your energy. And it's so worth it. So just find a thought to think that makes you feel better about it. You know, it was hard for me too, because my my son in high school, he would uh, come home after school and just fall asleep right away. And he would take a nap every day after school. And then he'd get up and I guess it was after sports. So he'd stay at school, go to sports, come home, take a nap, then come eat dinner. And then he would be up really late at night. And I just thought, this isn't healthy. This isn't right. You should, you know, get your homework done in the daytime, you know. And then after dinner, you can just relax and you could fall asleep and not have to worry about starting your homework. But you know what? (laughs) My uh, ideas never really panned out. It's what his body needed to do. It's what his brain needed to do. He had to just calm that brain down enough for him to then get enough rest to do his homework. And he was self-motivated and it got him through high school and he did just fine. So it wasn't my idea or how I wanted him to do it, but letting go of control of the things you cannot control is so empowering and energizing too. So your super mom power boost of the day is to only try to control things that you have control over. You want to figure out what here is mine, (laughs) what here is your child's, and what here is just the universe's that you cannot control. So the example I like to use for this is my business is when it comes to like picky eating and a lot of parents complain about their children then that they won't eat the food that they cook for them or they don't eat the way they'd like them to eat. So my business is what I buy, what I cook and what I keep in my house, right? What I prepare for my children. That's all my business. Their business is the food they put into their mouth. And then God's business is just maybe they have a sensitive palate, or maybe they have hyposensitivity, which is something where kids just shovel, shovel food in because they cannot feel full unless they're absolutely stuffed to the gills, or they like the sensation of their cheeks being really full of food. And so it's the opposite of hypersensitivity. And so sometimes kids have that, and that's just how they were made, how they were wired. Or maybe that they have a sugar addiction and they just can't get in the more sugar they eat, the more they crave. Well, that's we're just going to throw up to the universe's business. But then you get to decide what you want to do about that, what kind of food you want to buy, what kind you want to cook. And so making sure that you are controlling things that you have control over. And you always have control over the thoughts you think, the feelings that you want to feel, because the emotions are just coming from the thought in your head, and the actions that you take. You don't control the circumstances, 
And you cannot control what your child thinks and what your child feels and what your child does. But you can offer thoughts, you can offer suggestions, but you always have control of your energy that you're in. And if we, re- if you really want your kid to listen to you, you want to make sure you're in this calm, confident energy of a leader because our children are wired to follow calm, confident energy and they're tend to be wired to push away from needy or controlling energy that we're just naturally repelled by that. And they will not want to listen, not want to be around us. So always pay attention to the energy with which you're talking to your child and try not to make any suggestions or commands when you are in an energy other than calm, confident leadership. Today's quote of the day is from Byron Katie. She says, pay close attention to the particular thoughts you use to deprive yourself of happiness. That even though it might feel scary to let go of authority or feel like I have to do more as a mom, that letting go and letting what your child find themselves and be who they're meant to be may offer you more happiness than you realize. So thank you so much for listening today. Have a great one. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.